wherever you go. And uh, it's a joy to be here at uh, Open Door Bible Baptist Church. I got it right, right? Huh? You know, I, I said it 14 different ways the last time I was here, but it's good to be here. And uh, I'm going to bring a message tonight. It's a little different than anything I ever preached before. And I, I don't know why the Lord laid it on my heart. I want to preach about what a preacher should be. What a Pete, you stay awake now, won't you, through this? I'm only kidding you. Yeah. And, and Andrew and anyone else that God's called to preach. Uh, I'll tell you why. I don't know why God laid this message on my heart. Uh, yesterday, my daughter came by my house, and I'm trying to get everything in order, just in, just in case the rapture doesn't take place, and they have to take care of some business after I leave the scene and go to heaven. And so my daughter came up, and we went through my files and got them all organized. There's a job. But we got them all organized. And after uh, my, my daughter said, you know, Dad, I'd like to know a little bit what you want to have at your funeral. And we were talking, and my wife and my daughter and I were, were sitting uh, thinking about some things. We know who the undertaker is going to be and this, that, and the other thing. And my wife, uh, not my wife, my daughter said, well, Dad, who would you like to preach your funeral? Okay, and my wife immediately, a second, she said, I like Pete Montour and another a young preacher in New Jersey. I like those two guys to preach your funeral. Now, that was an honor as, as far as I'm concerned. And my choice, I said, that's fine. And I want to say some things, and if you repeat this, I'm going to have to cut your tongue out. I want you to know that. What, is a, what should a preacher be? Uh, what is a pastor? Uh, uh, we had a, a, a preacher, if you uh, get uh, the, the magazine from Crown College, from Temple Baptist Church, there was a picture on there about three months ago, four months ago, of a man named J.R. Faulkner. He was Dr. Lee Robinson's associate pastor, uh, or co-pastor. They were co-pastors. He pastored the church after Dr. Robinson resigned. And he used to tell us preacher boys, uh, they had a number of branch churches, chapels they called them, where the preachers, where the students were preached. And there was, you know, churches, church buildings, they were there and they closed down and these preachers, we'd go out and we'd open them up. And, 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 and so we had a chapel pastors meeting every week. Every week we had a meeting. And I can remember time after time, ja uh, Dr. Faulkner would say, preachers are a dime a dozen, pastors are hard to find. You got that, Pete? You got that, Andrew, wherever you're hiding? Preachers are a dime a dozen. Pastors are hard to find. I know some fellas that, are, that can preach the wall, the, uh, paint off the wall, but they're not good pastors. And I know some guys that are good preachers, but not tremendous preachers that have a pastor's heart. You are very fortunate at this church to have a man that's not only a good man in the pulpit in preaching, but also a man with a pastor's heart. You have a pastor. Y you just remember that. And appreciate him every once in a while. In the ministry, it gets a, gets a little lonely there sometimes. And uh, I don't mean every time that he preaches, you get up and you, you go back and tell him what a great message it is. To be honest with you, not, probably not with Brother Montoro, but I know with me, every once in a while, one isn't as good as I'd like it to be, you know? You preach a little bit, you know what I mean. Every once in a while, you'll, you'll drop a bomb that's not the best. And uh, you got that, Andrew, you know about that, huh? When you get to going. 
But seriously, we need to think about the ministry and what it means. Now, I want you to turn, if you would, and uh, to the book of 1 Timothy, the third chapter. Now, there are three uh, words I want to call. The first is the word bishop. That's an overseer. It's talking about a preacher. The same office, there's another man. It's called an elder. And the third one is a pastor, a shepherd. So we see three uh, terms used for preachers. But in the book of 1 Timothy, the third chapter, the Bible says, well, let's pray first. Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus. And we ask you to bless, bless this message. Lord, I don't know why you laid it out of my heart, but I know you did. And I'm asking you to use it now to encourage these folks to realize what they have for the man of God that leads this congregation. And Father, we ask you to bless and to guide and to use this message to help us all to appreciate Brother Montoro and the, mess and the uh, man that he is and the, and the encouragement that he is and, the, and, to me, the friend that he is. And our Father will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you look at this verse of Scripture in the book of uh, 1 Timothy, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. You know, I don't know, I don't know about uh, uh, some preachers. I know people talk about it when he, they surrendered to preach. I remember when God was calling me and I surrendered to preach. And, and they talk about surrendering to preach. When I got saved, the day I got saved, I knew God wanted me to preach. I didn't know what God wanted me to do. And I kept begging God to call me to preach. I begged him. And he finally did, I think. <laughs> I, he finally did. That was about, uh, about uh, 55 years ago. But... God calls men to the ministry to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I think every born-again Christian needs to seek what God wants them to do. And you know, you can get just as full of reward being a layman in the church doing the job that wants you to, God wants you to do. Teaching Sunday school, uh, helping in various ministries, going on visitation, going out and street preaching, working with the deaf, working with different folks. Uh, I believe it's a ministry for everybody. Now, let's look at this first one. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. I like that last word in that verse, work. A good work. Like that last week, a, a, a church down in South Jersey, and a good church, and a good man. And uh, we, we were down there, the, the, they felt they needed some help and some counsel, and we went down. One of the things we're known as working. You gotta work at it. Church and serving the Lord is work. I think the man of God needs to work. When is the work day of the church and you, and you have it here? The pastor is there doing his share and, and going on. The bishop desireth a good work. Soul winning, leading in the soul winning, leading in the things that need to be done. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires good work. Now, let's look at some of the qualifications. A bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife. Now, that word blameless is not sinless. It's not sinless. It means... Everybody in town is not, uh, uh, you know, pointing a finger out at the guy uh, or the church uh, or uh, finding fault. Uh, that that he's, not, he's, not, he's not a man that has a lot of criticism from the outside. He must be blameless. Not everybody finding fault with him because he, he's a good man. The husband of one wife. The husband of one wife. That's important. Vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. You look at your preach, he's got all of those, hasn't he? Amen? Hospitality, he's got hospitality, I'll tell you that. Every time I come over here, they treat me well. And I, uh, uh, but yet they need, this is the, the requirements. 
Now, not given to wine, no strike, and not fighting everything. Not greedy of filthy lucre, not in it for the money, and not in it for what they can get out of filthy lucre, talking about money, but in it for serving the Lord Jesus Christ. But patient. Not, and, and it takes patience to pastor a church in dealing with people. Patient, not a brawler, not covetous. Not in it what he can get, not coveting what is in it for him, but how they can help others. That's the responsibility of the man of God. And I think every Christian should have that responsibility. One that ruleth his own house well, having his children in subjection with all gravity. And I'll tell you right now, if, if there's a family that has good children, it's Pastor Montori's children. Uh, I, I know every one of them. I, I love them. And uh, I, I met Pete when he was probably smaller than Jason. He was just a little guy. You don't remember that. I remember they had, we were living in a, in a motorhome, and they parked in front of my church. You don't remember that, Pete. You were a little young. Sarah might have been there. I don't know if she was there or not, but it was way back years ago. And I've seen this church grow. I've seen this man grow into a, a, a man of God. I've seen him grow from a kid preacher, excuse the term, from a kid preacher to a man of God, a, a leader among leaders, and praise the Lord for it. How many people do you know that have come to the city of New York and have built a work like this? Let's give God the glory. And this is what the Bible talks about a, about a, 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 a preacher. If for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? He has to rule his own home before he rule it and lead the church. Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Not someone that doesn't have a, not some kid, but a, a man. As a young man, Pastor Montoro was a leader, and praise the Lord for it. And, uh, and then we go on and we'll finish up here with this verse. Not a novice, let's lift it up for five. He fall into the temptation of them. Moreover, now get this, he must have a good report of them that are with, which are without, lest he fall into the reproach and snare of the devil. The man of God, standing true to the word of God. Some of you in this room today, God may be speaking to you about serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe going to Bible college. Uh, and uh, uh, doing what God wants you to do. God wants to use every born-again uh, Bible-believing Christian. Learn the Word of God. Come to church. Hear when the preacher preaches. Learn from the man of God. And so the bishop, the overseer, the overseer of the flock, the one that leads the flock of God and, and serves the Lord Jesus Christ in a biblical way, a bishop. But another term that's used for the man of God is found in the book of uh, Titus. If you go to the book of Titus, the first chapter, and this is one of my uh, favorite uh, portions of scripture in Titus. Uh, I preach a series of Sunday school lessons. If I'm in a church for a number of Sundays, I usually teach the book of Titus. But if you go to Titus, the first chapter, it talks about uh, the man of God. It says uh, to Titus, and Paul's preaching to Titus, Titus, mine own son. So, so probably Paul led Titus to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, after the common faith, they both had faith in Jesus Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Then Paul says, for this cause I left thee in Crete. He left Titus in Crete to do a job for the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't leave him in Crete uh, to, to do what he wanted to do, but he left him there to serve. And let's look at the ministry that he, Titus had. And Titus was to set things in order uh, he, that thou should, uh, shouldest set things in order 
that are wanting and ordain elders in every city I have appointed thee. Titus was sent to these places to set things in order and to set things in the way God would have them, have them to go and to do and to serve. I tell every preacher, every preacher that wants to come to New York City, if you're going to New York City, you need to talk to Pete Montoro. Right? Do you agree with me there? You better agree with me. Okay, I have to come down there. Uh, but he knows, he knows the city. He knows how to reach it. Uh, and, uh, uh, like, and it's different. You know, I want to tell you something. This is different than any other place in the world. Any other place in the world. I've been uh, traveled all over the East Coast and, and other places and other countries. There's no, no place like New York City. And there's no church like this church. It's an outstanding church. I'm in a lot of churches. And so we see here an elder. He's, he, he left him in Crete that he should set in order the things that are warning. And ordain elders in every city I, I, I had appointed thee. Elders, leaders of the church. They have a responsibility to lead the local church. And then it gives the responsibility again. You know, in every job of God is meeting God's responsibility. Some churches uh, hesitate and, 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 and make things a little different. And they drop the standards of the word of God so they can get people to work. No, I think the people have to come up to the standards, not take the standards down to the people. Right? If uh, I decide I want to play for the New York Yankees and I have enough influence that, and they decide to have me to come, I'll tell you the fans, wouldn't be, the fans would not be too happy when I got the bat. You know, it would be different. Especially being a Red Sox fan. Well, I just lost the crowd. Uh, but, but, seri but seriously, uh, 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 it gives a responsibility. And here we see here, uh, he left him in Crete to set things in order, the things that are warning and ordain elders in every, uh, in every city as he appointed him. Now, let's hear the responsibility. He's got to be blameless, not being accused of everything, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of, ri uh, of, or, uh, accused of riot or unruly. I go to church after church, after church, and one of the biggest problems in the church, the preacher's kids are not under the control. You can't say that here. They're, they're, everyone's under control. And, and, and men of God uh, uh, have children that are not what they ought to be. And I think you need to rule your own house. Thank God for good children, and children that are serving the Lord Jesus Christ and, and are active in the, in the local church. And, and it's an important thing. And, and, and an elder must have, or a preacher has to have that. Uh, he must be the husband and have faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. Uh, there was a church down in New Jersey, and uh, they had this other house. They had a number of, uh, they had bought some properties because they were going to uh, build. And the, the, one of the preacher's kids, they had, a, they had a beer party in his house. And the cops came and raided the thing. Cost the preacher his ministry. Cost the preacher his ministry. Because he was not willing to rule his own house and, and do what he needs to do. And so we see this. The husband of one wife having faithful children, not unruly. The bishop, now here we see the word of bishop. For a bishop, so an elder and a bishop are the same person. A bishop must be blameless, a steward of God. Now what is a steward? What is a steward of God? A steward is somebody that's responsible for somebody else's property. When I was a kid, my, my, we belonged to a yacht club, Edgewood Yacht Club. And it was a guy that was not, lived there. He lived there, and his job, he was called a steward. He was responsible to see that the place was clean, everything was taken care of. 
A steward is someone that's responsible for somebody else's property. A pastor is responsible for God's property and leading a local church in the way it ought to go. That's his responsibility. And it's the responsibility of the people in the pew to help him get the job done. And in, in the Lord's work, uh, the people in the pew are just as important as the man in the pulpit. Do you know that? He doesn't have the same responsibility. May not even have the same authority. But your position in the local church is just as important as the pastor's uh, position in the pulpit. And keep that in mind. And when you're working under the leadership uh, of a pastor doing what you need to do, uh, when you get to heaven, you can get a full reward. You can get as much reward as any preacher in America. If you're where God wants you, doing what God wants you to do with the ability that God's given you to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I know some people, I know some people that are, are serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and most people say, he can't do it. I don't know. I, may, I preached here so much, some of the stories I may have told before. I had a guy in my church, his name was Harry Boyle, not the guy that was president of Baptist Bible College East, but his name was Harry Boyle. Harry, Harry had a physical problem. Uh, he had a speech impediment, and he had something wrong with his hips, so he really couldn't walk. And back then, uh, when you had a, 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 a something like that, they didn't educate you. You know, they just sort of fluffed you aside. They didn't have special education. Now, we're, we're talking, he went to school probably 60 years ago before most of you people were born. But I remember one day I was preaching on soul winning, and I preached, and uh, Harry always sat right in that back seat, right over where you're sitting, right way in the back. Way at the back he sat. And Harry got up at the invitation and started walking to the altar on crutches. I didn't think he'd ever get there. And I'm extending the invitation and trying to draw things out and there were some people being dealt with. And Harry comes to the altar and Harry said to me, and, and, and in his voice he said, Preacher, God wants me to be a soul winner. Well, you know, I thought, well, okay. God wants you to be a soul winner. Me, me of little faith. So we got down, we got down and we prayed together. Harry and I prayed, I prayed that God would make him a soul winner. God use Harry. Uh, help him, Father, help his, uh, the things he can't do. Help him to use what he has to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. At, we got up. We went home. The next day I went, uh, the next day it was Monday. Well, we had our evening service. Next day it was Monday. I, I went to the hospital. I'm on my way home from Latrobe Hospital. And I'm driving along, and there's Harry on crutches. And he, uh, he had his tracks. You know how crutches? He had his tracks balled up in here. Not the way to carry tracks. But anyway, he's out there on crutches walking, walking uh, along. I pulled up and said, Harry, you want to ride? He said, no, preacher. I'm going soul winning. There I am in a car, young guy, I was probably in my 30s, and here's this guy walking out soul winning, using what he had for the Lord Jesus Christ. Use the ability you have. Don't worry about what you don't have. Have you ever sat down and thought, boy, I wish I had what he had. I wish he had what someone else had. Uh, you know, I had a friend of mine in Ohio, uh, and I worked for him for a little bit. He worked for me at one time, and I worked for him at one time. And uh, he, uh, I, I was working for him. I was talking to Lee Robinson. I said, you know, I don't have a, a, a lot of ability. I said, I wish I was like that. I mentioned this other guy. And Dr. Lee Robinson said, Charlie, God will use you the way you are. God will use you the way you are. He'll use the gifts that you, he gives you 
He'll use the talents that you have to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so we see here, and we go on uh, 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 about it. Uh, of course, uh, we talked about filthy lucre in the other one. Uh, bishop must be blameless, not steward of God, not self-will, not my will, but his will. Not soon angry, not get mad easy, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine to exhort and convince the gainsayer. For there are many unruly and vain talkers, deceiving, especially they of the circumcision. If we live in a time today that we need help in the Lord's work, is right now. There are all kinds of people out there uh, taking false doctrine into the world we live in. When I started the ministry, you know what the fastest growing group and the largest churches in this country were? They were independent, fundamental Baptist churches. Churches like this, growing and people winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Something's happened. We, 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 didn't, have, we didn't have good buildings. We were meeting in storefronts and old church. I, I remember I, I, I met in an old school building. It was an old school building. It was so old, they didn't even have restrooms. I used to, I, we were on a, between two and 300. I used to tell people I pastored the largest church in America with an outhouse. <coughs> that usually gets a laugh. It didn't get much here, but <laughs> uh, that's beside the point. Uh, uh, but seriously, and, and people came. And, you know, so, someone said the other day, we, we had some hot days, right? I can remember no church... Wasn't it? Most of the churches weren't air conditioned. Church I got saved in had a big fan in the back, sucked air through. Yet we were growing. We had 1,500 sailors saved one year. We can do it again. We've got to dedicate ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him have control. And you have a leader that will lead you and teach you and, and, and guide you. you uh, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm talking to your pastor about coming over, uh, and I want him to train our people in the church I'm helping. Uh, with an open-air evangelism. I know how to do it, but I've been away from it so long. I want someone that's fresh at it. Reaching people. This church is concerned about reaching people. Always has been. You remember years ago, Andrew, Peter, and Stephen, I think it was you, I don't know who else, but we, we were here, I think some, we were having a meeting here at the church, and we dumped people off to go soul and and I got stuck with you and you and, and, and uh, Stephen. Remember that day? Yeah, remember we were in a, uh, you remember that, Andrew? We are in a, a, a subway station or something. You guys don't remember. Your memories is better than this old man's. And we went out and we were, you guys were passing out tracts and, and people, we, we did dealing with people. And so we had a ball, didn't we? You guys don't remember it. You're going to have to jog your memories. But seriously, this church has had a evangelistic ministry and has been concerned about it. Another verse. Turn to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And uh, let's jump down. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And uh, let's go to the 11th verse. Ephesians 4 and verse 11. And the Bible says in the 11th verse <laughs> of this chapter, it says, And he gave some apostles, some pa uh, prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. The word pastor, and what, what, is, what have we got these offices? 
We don't have any apostles anymore. We don't have any, uh, our, we foretell the word of God. We don't foretell the word of God. But we have evangelists and we have pastors and teachers. And a pastor uh, has the responsibility, uh, what do we have him for? For the perfecting or the uh, teaching and the growing of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, or the word edifying, the building up of the body of Christ until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sled of men, and the cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to desire. But speak the truth in love, and may grow up unto him all things which the head, even Christ. We have that responsibility. We see here pastor, a pastor, shepherds the flock, helps the flock, encourages the flock, does the work that God wants him to do. And we need to think about that. You need to pray. You need to pray for your pastor every day. You need to encourage him when you can. You need to help him when you can. If you see something that you think you can do, go ask the pastor if he can do it. Become part of the work. Make it your church. And I know you do. But serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank God for the man of God that he's given you to lead and guide this, fly, uh, this flock. One other verse, and I'm done. Promise. Promise. One thing my wife hates when a preacher says, and in closing, 30 minutes later, in closing. How many like, <laughs> my wife, if I do that, what you, you, why'd you say you were going to close if you weren't going to close? Turn to 2 Timothy, if you would, uh, the fourth chapter. And in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. And this is the work that God has called your preacher to do. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, that's the living, and the dead at the appearing of his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant. That means be ready always, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts uh, shall keep to themselves teachers having itching ears. And we see, we live in the time today where there are a lot of false cults around. I'll tell you, I believe in Queens, there is every false cult in the world. Right? Every cult in the world is in Queens. You've got it all. You've got Hinduism, you've got Muslimism, you've got Jehovah's Witnessism, you've got Mormonism, you've got all the isms, isms and schisms. And yet in Queens, there's a fundamental Bible-believing Baptist church led by a godly pastor by the name of Pete Montoro, seeking to win people to Christ and show them there's a heaven they can have. Pray about it. Pray for your preacher and appreciate your pastor uh, and, and, and encourage him and strengthen him. And don't tell him what I preached on today, okay? All right? Because he'll kill me if he knew I was trying to build him up. I'm not glorifying Pete Montoro. I'm glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ who he serves. You follow? The Lord Jesus Christ who he serves and the Lord Holy Spirit of God, which is part of the uh, Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God that indwells him and fills him to serve here in this community. And it's not him. It's a yielded man to the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Right? I hope this message, I hope I got this message across and I hope I did it in the right way. I've never preached a message like this. I don't know why. Well, I know why, because of what my wife said yesterday. And I, and I think you folks have to know what a great man of God you have.
and he's not here to hear it, so he won't get the big head. Because then I'd have to deal with him, and I don't want to have to do that. And he's not the kind of guy to get the big head anyway. He's a humble, godly man. We're here to glorify the Lord. Maybe you're here and you say, Preacher, if we have an invitation, I, I want you to pray. I want you to pray that God will guide me and what he'd have me to do to help this church to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, and we ask you to bless now. Father, there may be some folks here that, and we all have tendencies in our Christian lives when we <coughs> slack off a little bit and, and back off a little bit, and we need to rededicate our lives so maybe something needs to come. There may be someone here that's never trusted you as their personal Savior. This may be the night that they need to put their faith and trust in you and receive you as their own personal Savior. May we be saved. May your will be done. As uh, Peter comes and leads in the uh, uh, singing and the invitation hymn, we ask you to use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you want to come and lead us in a song and God may be speaking to your heart, you may want to come to the altar.